Rejection. The dismissal or refusal of an idea, proposal, or concept. This word is probably most commonly known for uh, guy and girl relationships. Uh, you know, when the guy puts himself out there and the girl wants nothing to do with him or vice versa. Um, father and or mothers who neglected their child that they gave birth to, whether by uh, the child now needing to be adopted or whether just by one parent being absent in that child's life. It's also used in the medical field uh, when talking about organ transplants such as kidneys or something even life-threatening. Well, everything's life-threatening with medical field, but specifically like the heart and that vital organ. If those organs that have just been transplanted are not being received into the body they've been transplanted into, the term is called rejection. This is one word with so much power, so much impact, so much effect. But what if I told you that that power, that impact, that effect could all be for your good? All of it. What if I told you that that rejection could be one of the greatest things that you could ever experience in this life? It sounds too good to be true, right? That's, I thought so too. But if you stick with me for just the next few moments, I promise you, you'll see that it's not. Because today, we're going to talk about embracing rejection. Welcome back to Life with Jalen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life with Jalen. Happy Monday or whatever day it is that you're watching this on. Happy, happy day. <laughs> oh, happy day. Oh, happy say I am about to get into that. You know what? Actually, you know what? Cue music. Oh, oh, <laughs> sorry. I thought it was still going. Um, anyway, happy whatever day that it is for you. Um, hope you're having an awesome week. I hope you're you had a great weekend. I hope the Lord is having His way in your life, and you are loving 2020 so far. Super excited about today. This is episode 10 since the rebranding and the relaunch of Life with Jalen. 10 episodes, guys. That's really exciting, especially when you think about the fact that there has only been 14 Mondays since. The first episode. The first episode was November fourth, November fourth, and it's only been fourteen Mondays since then. That means we've only missed four Mondays. And the reality of it is, I launched this because it was time to launch it. But I launched it in the busiest season of the year. I've launched it right before Thanksgiving, uh, and Christmas, and New Year's, and all the traveling and holidays. And even then, only missed four Mondays. That's super, super, super. You know the word exciting. I'm super glad to be back with you. And honestly, I cannot think of a topic that I am more pumped and ready to talk about than rejection. I know it's a weird thing to to be excited about, but I am because it's it's only because I've truly learned, thanks to the grace and the strength and the mercy of God, how to embrace rejection. Now, now I'm going to kind of paint you a picture here because right now I feel like as I say embrace rejection, a lot of you are, are visualizing this text word rejection spelled out 
and me wrapping my arms around it, saying how much I love it. That's not what I'm talking about when I say embrace rejection. I don't like rejection. Rejection hurts. Rejection is very uncomfortable. But I have learned how to embrace rejection. And I want to use the word embrace in a different definition, the uh, the other definition of the word, not in the physical touch definition, but in the definition that is acceptance or a support, um, a willing, a willingness and an, a, an excitement or an, an enthusiasm to embrace something, a concept, an idea, an emotion, a thing, not physically embrace it and pull it in, but mentally accept it and find the best out of it. That's what I mean by embracing Rejection. I know it seems like a strange concept. I mean, who would even want to confront or face rejection? It's uncomfortable. It's embarrassing. Um, in some cases, it could even be humiliating. Uh, I already talked about a boy putting himself out there for a girl, but think about that. Like, he puts himself out there. He's like, yo, he's talking to his bros. He's like, yeah, so so and so, she's kind of cute and kind of like her. And I mean, just there's something about her, man. She's great, but uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of worried. What if she doesn't like me? And they're like, Nah, bro, shoot your shot, and they're pumping him up and hyping him up. Like, go ahead, bro, you got this, you got this. And he goes out and he's like, What's up, girl? So, can I have your number? And he's talking to her and he's trying to like you know see if he's got a chance. And she out of nowhere goes, Oh no, like, I mean you're nice, but I just I just I don't like you like that. And you're just we're just we're just really good friends. And or, or worse, he's over there like, oh, well, thank God she just said friend. She could have said dot, dot, dot. And next thing you know, she's like, in fact, you know what? I just, I love you so much and I don't want to date you because I, we would ruin our friendship. You're just like, you're like my little brother. And I, that is the worst. If you've ever been brother zoned, I will pray for you. That is the worst, gentlemen. I'm sorry. I don't know if that, I guess that, I guess guys can do that. Guys can sister zone someone or friend zone a girl. It happens. But yes. It's a humiliating, uncomfortable, embarrassing experience. Rejection. Nobody nobody wants to face that. It hurts and it's uncomfortable. And in some cases, it's just straight up awkward, especially after that whole boy-girl interaction when he's got to walk away like, well, this is awkward. Like <laughs> nobody's happy to 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 have to deal with that. Uh but it it's it's there's a blessing about it. It's very hard and it's very well disguised by the harsh word that we have come to know as rejection. But it is there. Now, there might be some of you out there that are going to disagree with this concept completely. And you might think that I don't have enough background or experience or the say-so on this topic to talk about a way to truly embrace it. But that's exactly why I am talking about this topic. Because through this long journey called life, God has showed me how to embrace rejection that I've experienced. Rejection from uh, job opportunities. I tried to apply for a government job years ago. Thankfully, the Lord had other plans, um, but I did not get accepted when I thought I would. Um, different scholarships and even relationships. Oh, yes, I have been rejected by females. Oh my God, what? Yes, it happens. Don't let any guy act like he has never been rejected. He's lying to you, or he just maybe he's not lying. But if that's the case, never mind. We're not going to get on that subject. I'm not going to chase that rabbit trail. But yes, even with relationships, I have been rejected. But for me personally, even greater than those, I'd, I'd say those are like the shallow end of the pool for me when it comes to rejection. But for me, going all the way back to my childhood, um, I've experienced rejection. Uh, my, my father and mother broke up uh, when I was about one, and I did not get to meet my father until I was almost 12. And even then, we had an off and on um, relationship, and in, in his defense, it was the best that he knew how to give. 
Um, and he did he did the best of his ability, and I have nothing against him. Um, I learned to love him the way he was and to accept him the way he was. Um, but he, in, 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 that was the that was kind of the beginning of this trail that I would go down because that's not even the relationship for me specifically that I wanted to talk about when it comes to rejection. But he did start that whole trail of having a struggle specifically with men because I um, constantly found myself in situations when men would let me down. They wouldn't follow through with a promise or they wouldn't show up when they said they would or they would hurt me in some way, shape or form. And um, one in particular, there was a young man that joined our church and immediately we connected. Um, he got the Holy Ghost, got baptized, was a new convert. He was on fire for God, teaching Bible studies, involved in Sunday school. He even got married. He found a lovely, lovely young lady in our church, and they got married, and they were happy newlyweds, and it was great. And I had my big brother in my life, and that father figure, if you would, there. And it was amazing. And he was the guy that I talked to about everything. He was the guy I talked to about the girl crush that I had going on. I was like, yo, so someone, so I kind of like her. What should I do? And he was like, just go up to her and do the shoulder touch. Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what that reference is from. If you know, you know, if you don't, you don't. But anyway, no, not like that. But he was definitely like, well, go talk to her, man. Tell her how you feel. Or he would like hype me up in some way or he took me camping. He just did all the guy things, um, that I constantly wanted to do and wasn't doing. Um, and he just became a very awesome big brother for me. And it was an awesome experience, an awesome opportunity. And I will never forget the day. It was Sunday, and it was my birthday. My birthday had fell on that Sunday. I remember because I was super excited to see him um, because I hadn't seen him the week before. He wasn't there the week before, and I didn't think anything of it because it was just a normal Sunday. But this Sunday was my birthday, so this dude is definitely showing up. He's going to hit me X amount of times. I know it's dumb as that sounds, but that's what you look forward to when you don't have it. Like, I was literally looking forward to someone hitting me because my mom wasn't going to hit me. So there was no other guys that were going to hit me because all my peers, if they hit me, I was hitting them back. So, like, but I was like, yeah, he's going to roughhouse me. And he's probably going to ask my mom if he can take me out to lunch. And it's going to be awesome. And I'm super, super, yes, you guessed the word, excited. And he doesn't show up. And I asked someone that would obviously know where he was. And they said, I don't, I don't know if we're ever going to see him again. He left. And I was like, well, what do you mean he left? Like, is he out of town? Is he on a trip? What's, what do you mean he left? And they just said he left. And they said he, 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 um, he left and that he said he wasn't coming back. And that was the end of it. And I saw him one time after that, years later. I think it was about a year and a half later, maybe. Maybe eight months. Um, somewhere in that time frame. And he showed up to say hi and to catch up again. And it was great. And I thought, oh, man, he came back. And this is, he didn't reject me. And I thought I was going to see him again. And that he even said as much. And we were going to continue to be close. And even then, showed up again. And I never saw him again after that. And that was literally years, years ago. Years, years, and years ago. And I have not heard from him. And because of that wound, I just learned all guys were horrible. And I was not going to make myself vulnerable, open up to them. Thankfully, the Lord uh, strengthened or more like broke me, I guess I should say. And showed me that not all men were the same. And thank God now I have some amazing men of God in my life Shout out to all of you awesome men from my pastor to my young adult pastor to some of the men in the church that have been father figures for the past few years and even um, 
some awesome evangelists and preachers from other states and districts and countries that I've been connected with. They're, they're amazing people, and I love and appreciate each and every one of them. And, um, but, but I always ask God, why? Like, why did I have to go through this? Why did I have to experience this? Why my friends, this was the biggest, the hardest part about all of it was I lied to you not. All of my friends growing up had both of their parents. They might not have been in a, in a home where they were all together, but they, both the parents were very, very active in their life. And even some men in their young adult years and their later teen years had multiple men where they had their father, but then they had brother so-and-so and brother so-and-so and brother so-and-so all in their back in their corner, supporting them and hyping them up. Like at the gym, they're the boxer and they've got their squad behind them. Like, yeah, you do that. And then I felt like, and I know the reality was it wasn't as, probably wasn't as bad as I'm remembering it because that's just, that's the way our memory works. But it also wasn't as good as some would like to think it was. And I felt like I was in the corner ready to go in the ring and looking back and I'm, I got to hold my own towel. And this was just, this is, and I, and I, and it was just, it was life. And I asked God, why, why did I have to go through this when so-and-so got multiple parents and multiple dads and multiple male figures? And why did I have to experience this heartbreak when they never dealt with anything? And look at them. They're doing this in the ministry. They're doing that in the ministry. How come I had to go through this, but they didn't. And I began to compare and contrast and look at myself and look at others and ask God why so many times. And he didn't answer me until years later when I was taking a young man out to lunch. And I was talking to this young man about life and about uh, how life was going and things like that. And he began to open up to me about his life and his struggle and his wounds from his past and his father wasn't around and how different people mistreated him and how he kind of was hesitant to open himself up to me because of of his experience with men in his life. And I was like, yeah, man, I know what that's like. And I began to tell him some of my story and this, this, this boy's eyes began to water. And as he tells me, you know, I didn't know that, that, that there was someone else that could really relate to me and compare and, and say and know what I'm talking about and what I'm feeling like. I've heard so many people say, I'm sorry, that's, I'm sure that's hard, but they could never relate. And this is the first time where I feel like someone can relate to me. And immediately my eyes began to water and I just smiled because it was literally as if God's finger was right here on my chest saying, see, right there. That's why you had to go through what you went through. Because if you didn't go through that, you wouldn't be able to relate to him right now. And it was like a light bulb in my head. It wasn't just that scenario, but it was every scenario from my past that where there was rejection involved, where there was hurt involved, where there was pain involved, when there was discontentment involved, when there was trials and tribulations and abuse and neglect and rejection and oppression and depression involved. It was all because God eventually, at some point in time, there would be this moment where it would acclimate to this crescendo of a of an experience of a moment when a light bulb goes off in your head and says, this is what this was all for. This is why that happened. This is why this was that way. I couldn't do the same for you like I did for them because I needed you to be here now. And if I did the things for you like I did for them, you wouldn't be able to do what you're doing right now. Because here's the bottom line. If rejection 
doesn't come in your life at some point in time, there are some areas, some promises, some destinies that could ultimately be aborted all because we decided to avoid or reject and ignore and neglect the rejection that God intentionally allowed in our lives. I wasn't going to talk about it, actually, but I am now. If you go into Genesis uh, chapter, this is what happens when you're not prepared, 30. Yes, no, 29. Genesis 29, it talks about the story of a woman named Leah or Leah, whichever you prefer. I prefer Leah, but people kept correcting me because of Star Wars, so I just said Leah, but whatever the woman's name is, Leah, Leah, her. It's a woman, for those of you that don't know the story, brief recap, she is now married to a man named Jacob who ultimately wanted to marry her younger sister, but the family had a tradition where the eldest sibling wanted, was supposed to get married first, and uh, Jacob was working for the father, and this father didn't want this son to stop working, so he said, I'm going to trick him and make him marry Leah, and uh, so he does. He tricks Jacob, who wanted to marry Rachel, and actually has him marry Leah, and now Jacob's upset because now he's got to marry Rachel and he has to marry Leah as well. And so he's like, well, this is dumb. But anyway, he's like, I want to marry Rachel, so I'm marrying Rachel. So long story short, he ends up marrying Leah and Rachel. And now Leah is on the backhand of this relationship where she clearly knows she is not the desired one. And it literally refers to Leah as being hated. She just was not desired by Jacob. She wasn't. Jacob wanted Rachel. Jacob got Rachel. So now Leah was just part of the package because she had to be. And so ultimately, Leah is experiencing rejection. She's experiencing this lack of someone wanting her. And so long story short, when you read it, you see that God closes Rachel's womb and open Leah's, open Leah's, Leah's, Leah's womb <laughs> so that she can have children. And basically, there's this back and forth of them having children over and over and over again. And Leah's like, Lord, hear my cries. Give me a child. Lord, hear me. See me. Be with me. Yada, yada. And she's going back and forth. And finally, she gives birth to a son named Judah. Now, I could take a rabbit trail right now and talk about, oh, your praise comes from your rejection and and your praise is birthed out of rejection and blah, blah, blah. It's a whole nother subject for a whole nother day. There's something else I want you to notice in this. That if you were to go to Matthew chapter 1, it talks about the genealogy of Christ. And it goes through the, the, the generations and the, the names of the individuals that had children, who begat children, who begat children, who eventually lead up to Joseph, who was the father of Jesus, the, 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 the natural father, this, this, the, the stepdad <laughs> of Jesus Christ. And, sorry, my headphones are acting all sorts of strange. And there's a name that sticks out in this scenario. And that name is in verse 2, when it says, Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas. And Judas, uh, also known as Judah, 
begat so-and-so, begat so-and-so, begat so-and-so. In other words, Judah is directly connected to the genealogy and the lineage of, of Jesus Christ, not Rachel, not Jacob's favorite son, Joseph, but Judah, the son of Leah who was rejected. So in other words, the promises of God, the greatest gift that God ever gave was directly connected to somebody else's rejection that had to be experienced. So saying all that to say, what we experience in our lives, the pain and the hurt and the rejection and the the bad stories from our past, family, friends, whatever, these could ultimately be the vessels and the tools and the the, the genealogies of a promise and a destiny and a calling that God ultimately has planned for each and every one of us. But we run away from the rejection. We abort the rejection. We avoid the rejection. And what ultimately could we be avoiding and could we be aborting when we leave what we think is just a way of protecting ourselves and hiding our vulnerability and, and ignoring and blocking away the, the, the embarrassment and the humiliation and the uncomfortableness of rejection when in fact we could realize that there is something so powerful in the rejection that we see what would happen if in our mind and in our spirit we could start seeing rejection instead of seeing it as a as a as a denial of access instead of seeing rejection as a you can't have this or you can't do that instead of seeing rejection as a negative, as a denial, as a no thank you, as a nope, not not you, back up, homie. Instead of seeing rejection as a denial, what if we saw it as a correction to, to someone who's getting off course or to something that we are not meant to have and God's trying to steer us away and say, no, 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 that's not really meant for you. Or or in this instance, what if we instead of seeing rejection as a as an as a as a slap to us and a negative impact for us and a scratch on our on our clean resume what if we saw it as god's ultimate plan and purpose for us to be who he's called us to be and being able and equipped and empowered to do what he has called us to do not looking at it as pain but looking at it as a present not looking at it as as rejection but looking at it as a means to guide and correct and build up and establish who we were meant to be. I, I, I'm ending with this last point. It was an, it was awesome. I was praying with the Lord about this this last week, and I was just dealing with some stuff myself, and we began to pray about it, and I was talking to him, and he was talking to me, and I, I had the light bulbs, and I was just like, yes, God, you're absolutely right. Rejection isn't bad, and I just I already knew I believed it and, and agreed with it and was, was accepting it. But I was like, God, how am I supposed to share this with others where they might not understand it the same way I do? How can I just make it so plain to them that it's just, it's, it's so, so it's, it's not easy for them to just avoid it and write off and say, no, you don't know what you're talking about. And he gave me the simplest yet so profound analogy. And that's this. If I tried to give B plus blood or B negative blood, whatever your choice to an A negative or an A positive blood type, their body would reject what I'm giving them. Excuse me. If I had A negative or A positive blood and tried to give it to 
someone that needed B negative or B positive blood, their body would reject what I'm giving them. Rejection doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. I need you to get this. This is this is that right here. This is the bread and butter. Every time there's something I'm saying and talking about and every point there's a this is it moment. This is it right here. Rejection doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. Rejection simply means you're just not right for them and that's okay. It's okay. We are not meant to be for everyone. We're not meant to go to everything. We are not meant to do everything. I'm not meant to be so-and-so. I'm not meant to be with so-and-so. Rejection, their rejection of me or the, the rejection of a situation to my life does not mean that there is something wrong with me. And that's what we always tell ourselves. Rejection means that there's something wrong. Rejection means that I'm broken. Rejection means that I'm damaged. Rejection means that I'm unwanted. No, 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 no. Rejection does not mean there's something wrong with you. Rejection means you're just not right for them. My blood is good. The blood flowing through my body, through my veins right now, it's good. It's not dirty. It's not impure. It's clean. I could donate it to someone that has the same blood type as me and their body would be just fine. Why? Because their blood type was meant for my blood type. But if I took this perfectly good blood that's coursing through my veins right now and gave it to somebody that does not have the same blood type as me, their body would shut down. It would reject their body. And ultimately, it would lead to death. The amount of things I was researching, the amount of things that happened to somebody that receives a wrong type blood transfusion is insane. Your body goes it goes nuts. And literally they describe it as your body feels like it's dying. It says the way your bo- the way it's handling your body, your body literally feels like it's shutting down. And we can totally understand and agree with that mindset and that concept and that natural scientific fact. But yet when I tell you that rejection doesn't mean there's something wrong with you, it means that you're just not right for them. We want to disagree with it. But it's the exact same thing. Just like my blood is okay for the blood, the people that have the same blood as me, and it's not okay for those that don't. It's the same thing with me. If someone's rejecting me, it's not saying there's something wrong with me. It's simply saying that I'm not right for them. But you know even better than that, you know what it's saying? That they're not right for you. And that's okay. Okay. Because rejection is not a denial of access. Rejection is not a, yes, rejection hurts. Yes, rejection means someone somewhere is saying no. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, it might even be humiliating or awkward at times. But it's not a statement of something's wrong with you. It's not a statement of fix yourself. It's not a statement of you're just jacked up. All it's saying is you're not right for that situation and or that situation is not right for you and you just correct your your path you would make a little bit of an adjustment a little bit of a tweak here and there and you go find whatever it is <laughs> you you're meant to find if again going back to the blood analogy if i'm know my blood type and I'm giving it to somebody that's not my blood type and it rejects and then I'm like, well, that's dumb. And then I go find someone else that's the same exact blood type as the last person that rejected it. Guess what's going to happen? Rejection. But until I find, once I find that, that person that has the same blood type as me, that rejection no longer is going to be there. So rejection isn't a, 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 a slack on your part. Rejection is a correction. It's a blessing. It's a help. It's an aid. What would happen in our lives if we could, no matter what it looked like, no matter how it felt, 
we would learn to face the rejection, accept the rejection, and embrace that rejection, where would we end up? I know when Leah embraced her rejection, she ended up giving birth to a son who would be listed in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the King of kings and Lord of lords. So what could your rejection end up birthing? What promise, what destiny, what calling, what opportunity could be waiting for you from the rejection that you have been forced to face or may have to face one day? I don't know what's the end of what, what's at the end of the road of my rejections that I've faced again from people to, to, to opportunities to places to things. But I do know this, God is orchestrating my steps. He has my best interested heart. And he ultimately is working everything for my good. Not good in the sense of, of how I would view it as uh, like a child running into the street. They view good as I've got the freedom to go get that ball because I love playing and I just want to go, go, go because it's so fun. But then that parent yanks them by the arm and pulls them back and says no. That parent sees that as good because they just saw the car that was coming down the road that the child couldn't see. The child views it as bad because the parent just stopped me from having fun and doing what I wanted to do. And ultimately, the parents save the child's life. That's the same thing we do with God so many times when it says he's working everything out for our good. We view good a lot of times as humans as perfect, as, as, as fun, as blessed, as, as, as abundance, as financially secure and having no wants or needs and good life and great life and prosperity and all this other stuff. Sometimes that's not what good looks like. Sometimes sometimes good looks like pain. Sometimes good looks like hurt. Sometimes good looks like rejection. But I trust my father. And I know he, wherever he is at, where he's at, he's looking at where I'm ultimately supposed to go. So why would I try to, you know? change this path and avoid this when he's standing at the best part of my the best version of myself that could ever possibly be he's standing there looking at it and he says if you would just follow these paths and embrace those moments that I'm allowing your life to face you ultimately can reach the promises and the prompt and the and the and the purposes and the, the plans that that God has put if we would just learn to embrace the pain embrace the hurt and embrace the rejection. I hope and pray that this has helped someone as much as it has honestly, genuinely helped me. This is a concept that I've been trying, praying and dying out of myself to the Lord to understand more and more and to accept more and more because it is a hard pill to swallow. But when we just simply learn to just trust and believe and hope in God who knows and sees all and embrace the rough times, and embrace the hard times, and embrace the rejection. It can ultimately become something so beautiful in our lives. Because the best thing about rejection, the quicker you understand that that is meant for your good, it's just that much faster that you can get to wherever it is you are meant to go, where much, much better and greater things are in store for you in your life. 
So again, I hope and pray that this has helped someone as much as it has helped me. Thank you all for tuning in on this week's episode. I'm excited for things to come. I'm excited to hear of hopefully someone out there somewhere that says this has helped them and impacted them in some way, shape, or form. Again, I love and appreciate you all. I've received so much support over the past few weeks and months about this channel. And I, to God be the glory, I, I thank you for your, for your kind words. But honestly, it's God has done a work and it's, it's for him. That's all I can say. It's just, it's, it's awesome opportunity to be used and to be a vessel, but I'm nothing without him. And I can't do any of this without him. And I am genuinely thankful for the opportunities that God has opened. And I, and I am thankful for the love and support from all the family and friends out there. And I'm excited for where God is taking each and every one of you, those that I know and those that I don't, because I truly believe if you continue to walk the path that he has for you, you're going to end up somewhere amazing. And I cannot wait to hear and see where those areas are. So thank you. Love and appreciate you all. Thank you for tuning in, watching, listening, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, wherever it was, however it was, whenever it was, wherever it was, whatever it was. Thank you. Love you. Appreciate you. And as always, remember, keep it real. (laughs)